When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, the wins keep coming and we break down the latest one against Nashville, plus a look ahead to Saturday's showdown against the Stars. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's dive right on in on the heels of another two points for the Winnipeg Jets. Good to be back at it here to wrap up the week and look ahead at what's to come. And doing so with me once again is CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, fresh off a shift at CJOB. How we feeling? Late on a Thursday night, feeling good. It's a lot better when you win, right? Like you don't have to. You're not getting. You're not frustrated about the game that's going on. And at the time of recording this, too, this house also makes me feel a lot better, just because I love content and chaos in the NHL. But as we're recording this, the Sharks are up three-one against the Oilers. We'll see if this if that comes back to bite us. Mentioning it this early, but that makes me happy. Sorry, Roscoe, our buddy, <laughs> our, our buddy Ross. I, I'm assuming he stayed up late to watch it. That, that's when I mean, there is no worse mood in all of hockey than staying up for a West Coast game that your team's playing in. And God, I mean, heaven forbid you're in the state that the Oilers are in right now and they lose it. Oh my gosh, I can't even understand what might be going on there. I mean, the only good thing of you having to work there and us starting late is I actually got to catch. The season finale of Loki. How was it? It was amazing. I can't. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't want to say too much because it came out just a couple of hours ago. So I don't want to. I don't want to throw any spoilers out there. But if you if you've gone this far, I think they stick the the finale for season two. So um, always always down to talk a little Marvel, especially when it's Loki, aka the only good thing they put out in a couple of years. <laughs> Let's move on to the Winnipeg Jets. Pulling off a victory against the Nashville Predators. And pulling off might not be the best uh, way to put this because, Tyson, they welcomed in your your boys. They welcomed in your Predators. And pretty much from the get-go, it was spanking time. It was, it was not how you parent a child. It was just absolute domination from start to finish. And outside of Philip Forsberg being a high-end offensive player, uh, there was not really a whole lot positive on the Nashville side of things in this one. The Jets looked very, very impressive. And pretty much since that, I don't know, the, the second period in, in Arizona, the second half of the of the game in Arizona, since then the Jets have turned a corner and they really haven't hit too many speed bumps since then. And they are flying high, picking up a win against the Preds. The top line is um, top line, top two lines. But the Shifley-Connor duo, at the very least, has started to pick up steam a little bit. And 
All's good in Jets land after three straight dubs. Yeah, and I'm not feeling too good about my my Nashville pick already. That you did a you did a hot sauce shot for your for Jonathan Juan last episode. I might have to do that pretty soon, but still have faith in them. Maybe they'll bounce back. But yeah, like they absolutely just bullied them. And I and I think that all started with the two fights, obviously, right? Like it's just it's just such a ridiculous thing to happen. Not even just in a game. But two fights almost on like back to back shifts. You get Larry gets out of the box, comes back, and then answers the bell again. But yeah, I I do want to talk about that later on because well, there's a few things that bug me about that. But go on for sure. But seeing getting that production from Connor and Shifley, that just goes to show you how much that can elevate this team's I guess status among top top level contenders because. They had no, the Preds had no answer at all for anything that the Jets threw at them this game. There was, there's just so many times where Cal Connors is so able to find that soft spot in the ice. That's one of his best skills is finding that soft spot in the ice. Now, if I'm Andrew Burnett, I'm also wondering where the hell is any of our team on that, on that second Connor goal, because there's no one within 10 feet of him, and he just walks right in and rips it on, on sorrows. But this is what this is a this is a big character building game too for the Jets because we could talk about the hat trick from Connor, the Lowry line continuing to have success on in all three zones, but there was a lot, especially pointing out Dylan Sandberg in this one, uh, having a, a crazy amount of blocks and even I think he I couldn't really see it because it's it's a little tough doing some of the job and then watching all of the plays that happened in the game, but he blocked one off his face, right? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like that's, he's the kind of guy where it's just like, and you don't even notice like he, like he blocked a shot with his face and it wasn't even like that noticeable during the play. I think that this, this is a game that a team can build off a lot on. And then they just got off their, their team bonding trip when they were in Arizona too. So maybe that's, that's got vibes going right now. You don't want to get too excited because this is the same thing we said at the start of last year too, which is, which gives me a little bit of doubt in my mind. But right now, you can't really complain with how they're playing and the way that this team looks. And knock on wood, this team seems different so far through this season than teams in the past couple seasons. Well, I made the sweeping declaration. How many games ago was that that I said that? Let's look through it here. <laughs> Oh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> that that might have been a little foolish. That was a yeah. It was it was pretty early on in the season that I did that. I made the sweeping declaration that the Jets were a lock to be a top three team in the Central this season. But I mean, nothing that we've seen so far, I I think is fair to say has has dissuaded that. Some of that has to do with the the performance of the teams below them. But you know fair to the jets they've they've earned every bit of it so far this season and in this three game win streak stretch i i don't know how you can't be extremely impressed and you're right like this game in particular tyson had a little bit of everything like all the elements of a formula for for a, a win that could be a bit of a trampoline for the club you've got the grittiness with sandberg taking pucks off the melon lowry dropping predators left and right in the first period and all that <laughs> But then you've got the high end skill of the team too, right? I mean, like Shifley and Connor obviously grabbed the headlines there. But I mean, Cole Perfetti, how many is that? Five, 
five straight games with a point now. Yeah. And that's that's a hell of a play in tight to get that shot up and over Soros on a rebound on the power play. Oh my gosh, the power play is actually scoring too. <laughs> Um, but like everything's rolling right now for the team and, and it's, yeah, yeah, we, we don't have to, even though I made that sweeping declaration, we don't need to say, well, this is, you know, it's a, a year of destiny for the team or anything like that, but they're just playing great hockey right now. And, and, and that's probably the only major takeaway team wide that I'm going to do from, from this recent stretch. I will say this though. And we didn't do a show right after the St. Louis game, but with something that happened in the Blues game and then what took place throughout this Nashville contest, I think I will say that this is the best Mark Shafley we've seen since the Vegas playoff series and or, or sorry, the, since the 2017-18 the run to the West Finals. His play specifically in the last two games has been elite, elite, elite. In the Blues game, there was the shift on the Neil Pionkle where he just goes full Hulk mode, you know, back checking, working his ass off, great defensive play. Hey, my puck, not yours, takes the guy off it and then sets up Pionk for the goal there where it's like, okay, that's number one center material right there. That, that's every coach's. That's a coach's wet dream when you talk about what a number one centerman should do out there on the ice. And then he follows it up with a four assist night, the most he's ever gotten in his career at the NHL level. And again, making plays all over the ice, offensively, obviously. Defensively, we're we're seeing a lot of commitment and focus right now from Mark Shifley. And I I have been extremely, extremely impressed with his play as of late. And again, similar to that Blues game where he makes a great play all over the ice to set up Neil Pionk, did the same thing, I believe it was on the Kyle Connor dangle goal, where he tracks back, able to deflect the puck, stop a Nashville rush, back the other way. I mean, just a, a, a subtly suave play in the middle of the ice too to kind of kick it up with his skate back to a stick over to Connor and speed and away we go there. He's he's riding the bus right or he's driving the bus right now. And I I'll always say this as long as this is the iteration of the Winnipeg Jets, but when Mark Shifley's leading the way like this, it it becomes it becomes a bit of a special group. And when you've got Shifley playing the way he is and Adam Lowry wearing the C and leading the way for the club in the, in his own style, it's 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 a lot easier to get behind this group than it was for the majority of last season at the very least. Now it's on them to carry this through to the second half of the season, but check, check, check when it comes to vibes and the way this team looks right now, no doubt about it. Yeah. And even I, I think too, that just them kind of having this new leader, a uh, quote unquote new leadership group. That's not new because of the, the guys who are wearing letters. Now those guys were wearing letters before, but it's, it's a different feel. This team has a different, it's, it's Adam Lowry leading the charge per se in attitude and play style and determination. And then Mark Shifley leading this team when a team, when the team needs him to set up a goal or to score a goal. And I think that that's just, it's just a weight that's taken off Shifley's shoulders where he doesn't have to necessarily worry about other things. That's that he doesn't have to worry about. They can just worry about his play on the ice, staying focused in the D zone and 
doing what he does in the offensive zone. I mean, he, last year too, he he had some really strong play for the first half of the season. He was very he was very good wearing where he was still using his body like he when he when he's playing physical and not like this isn't to say that he's like going in and laying huge hits along the boards and laying guys out open ice but when he's playing a style where it's i have the puck and you're not getting it there's not too many guys in the league that can really fend off guys like shifley too and it, it's it's weird to say too because it doesn't seem like he's an overly imposing well you forget he's like six two six three and like two ten yeah. right like yeah, he's He's a large lad. He's a well built. He's a well built guy. <laughs> yeah, and and when he when he gets going, like when he's when he's feeling it too, it's really tough to stop. And then I just think that this team has so many different levels of leadership in a way that that they can kind of use their different, I guess, talents of leadership to form like this sort. Because of, you mentioned of Marvel, this sort of. I was going to say this sounds. This sounds or like <laughs> this sounds like uh, Justice League or like. <laughs> I like where you're going here. It's just yeah, it, it, we're it's getting just, real it, deep into it. It's true. It's just like everyone has this little key to the puzzle, instead of guys trying to jam multiple keys into one slot. It's just everyone has their one. Like this is what I'm going to focus on, and I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. And it's just everyone's kind of it's a trickle down effect from these guys and that's and and this isn't to say that he struggled this year but this is like with josh morrissey not being the josh morrissey like from superman last year. yeah exactly he it's he's he's been very solid but it just hasn't been that norris level that we saw last year so if he can get back to that level that he was playing at last year then oh man this team's gonna be this team's gonna be tough to deal with this year you you lost me at the key an, an analogy. I, I was I was down I was down with the superhero thing. I was gonna I was gonna double down on Marvel and do the Thanos goblets or whatever. Oh, the, the goblet, <laughs> the gauntlet. You mean? Yeah, that's that just goes to show you. I'm not I'm I'm not up to date on my Marvel, but yeah, like every, all the Jets have a goblet going right now. That's yeah, that's the, all you need to know. Keys and goblets, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Chalices, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get to the Holy Grail, huh? Let's see the Jets get the job done there. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of funny. We talked about this. We were texting about this as the game was winding down, and it's like there's not really a lot to talk about because they're they're playing so good. <laughs> like it's the the story. Like it's it's one of those weird things where they've 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 just been so solid. There's been so few passengers that. It's it's just like this total team effort right now. Obviously, the the Shifley line has over the past two games started to take on the lion's share of, of of the scoring there. But I mean, again, the the Lowry line kicks things off. All three of those guys end up getting a point on the play there, so that continues. Um, I mean, maybe the only thing we're waiting for is, like you said, a Morrissey breakout or an Ehlers and Perfetti breakout. But it's not even like they're playing bad. It's just like that's that's the last maybe supernova moment that we're waiting for from some of the big guys on this club. But I mean, most of the forwards are rolling right now. Brendan Dillon is maybe making a push for an all-star bid. We'll see if he cracks 20 goals this year. I kid, maybe, I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> but like they're, 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 they're rolling right now and, and they're doing so without their, their head coach, which is kind of easy to forget in this recent stretch where they've been playing so well. I, so, I got a question for you. With with the way that top line's been playing, how, how how do you think the lines shake up when Gabe's Gabe Velarde's back? 
Well, that's an excellent question. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of do the coward's answer to that in saying that I think it allows the Jets to ease him back into the lineup. And so maybe you take out a David Gustafson and Velarde starts off on the fourth line and you can give him like seven, eight minutes, what, what, whatever it is, right? Like you, you don't have to throw him up there on the top line right away. And, you know, he misses a month and a half and it's like, okay, here's 20 minutes. Let's see what happens here. It kind of gives with how well everybody's playing. It gives the Jets a little bit of an opportunity to ease him back into things. What to do, what to do. I mean, I, hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, Tyson. I like the idea of having Perfetti and Ehlers and Velarde as a, as a, that's what I was going to say. Line. I was good. I was going to say like, I mean, you can't touch the Lowry line. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, well, let's just take that off the table so that it's just which of the top or which of the other two lines of the top nine do you want to tinker with? Tough to argue with Shifley, Connor, and Ayafalo right now. I would probably tend to agree with you there. And I mean, look, I'm the one that said going into the season, I think Velarde would look pretty good down the middle for this team. I don't think that's going to be the role that they throw him into right away. But hey, if you want to, re- if you want to revive the, Cole Perfetti second line center experiment. I'm all ears for that. And he's like, he's been solid all year. It's not like you need to worry. I don't think all that much about it. And then you have a play driver and Ehlers on one side and a defensive stalwart and Velarde on the other side. I, I, I would agree. I think that's the way to go there, but I, I wouldn't be afraid. I wouldn't be hesitant either to put Velarde back on that first power play unit, even though they've been scoring a little bit lately. Uh, because they look so damn good in Calgary. And to get Velarde shot up and ready there, I think adds another nice dynamic element to that power play. So it's an interesting I, I, it's an interesting question you bring up there because nobody's we've kind of forgot about it. Like, holy crap, we got a we got a stud still to to, yeah. to join the fray here. Like it's gonna get a little bit better here. Oh, they look so like if, and when Velarde comes back, I love the idea of having Cole Perfetti be that behind the net option on the power play. And then you can kind of, if things, if, if teams are taking away the two, like Shifley and Connor on the half walls, then that just leaves, that just opens up Perfetti to do his magic behind the net. And then you have Velarde be that that weapon in the slots or in front of the net. And there's just so many things that you could do right there where like you can have Shifley come out. You could do the Shifley play with Ehlers where Ehlers comes down the wing kind of, or half wall sort of on the power play and rips that one timer from, from the pass behind the net while Ehlers has a little bit of steam coming in. I think you could do that. Just swap that around with Perfetti and Shifley. But I, I like the idea. There's a lot more creative outlets that you can do with Perfetti and Velarde alongside the three staples on the top unit Shif- being Shifley, Connor and Morrissey. I think adding those two guys to that, to that first unit, it's just the opportunities are endless. Yeah, and I, I I like Velarde as the trigger man on that second line too, Tice. So yeah. that's going to be fun. Let, let's get him back in there. Let's get him back in soon. It shouldn't be too much longer. He's got the brace on. He's skating. So uh, hopefully before the month comes to an end, we see Velarde back in action wearing a Winnipeg Jets uniform. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on from the game before we move on to uh, the Jets schedule in the upcoming days here, Tice. You touched on it. Adam Lowry. Two fights in the first period, a couple of fights. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, basically felt like 
fight, go to the box, come out of the box, fight, back into the box. Away we go for intermission here. This has bothered me for a long time in the NHL. And I I think it's something that the league needs to put an emphasis on trying to eliminate. But can we just stop with the fights after clean hits? I I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. There was no reason on that second fight for Adam Lowry to have to drop the gloves there. Like no re- What was he doing? He was playing hockey. Like it, 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 to to me, it kind of mitigates the physicality where a guy isn't allowed to be physical, and then he gets penalized by being taken off the ice for five minutes on what should have been an instigator penalty, by the way. Whoever that was, the Smith on the Preds, there just just yeah, he just bear hugs him, like drops his glove and bear hugs him. It's an instigator penalty, so I mean that's a different issue. But I feel like this is a semi recent um, phenomenon in the NHL. Maybe it's like 10, 15 years old, but I, I was watching some old time hockey the other day in the seventies, and, and look, those guys were were chucking fists back in the seventies. But somebody gets decked out in the 70s, and you know what happens? They keep playing. And he comes I, to the bench, and you know what they say? Keep your head up next time, Dumbo. You know, I, like it's, I, I just I, I, I wish we could see things where if somebody, and I get if there's a borderline hit or something like that, or somebody gets hurt, I get making a response. But if a guy's out there being physical, I don't know. That's just part of the game to me. There should be no need and no call to action to have a fight in a situation like that it's it's always bothered me and i hope the nhl you know when somebody has to fight after a clean hit or when they're being physical that they penalize the other team for trying to take that guy out of the game with a fight i think the reason why there's more of an uptick in that sort of thing is because the repping has been so bad and so poor and so inconsistent that players have feel no other need or right than to police themselves because the refs aren't going to do it. That's on and I it's that's it's been a part of hockey culture and that's why so many people love it and I I do agree that to a certain extent that that yeah, that Lowry play was crazy. The guy like Lowry just rubbed him out against the boards. It was even a hard crazy. hit. He just yeah. like he just like he just hit him. And I get I mean it's it's a rookie playing his and I don't know how many games he's played but he's only had a cup like couple in the NHL so far so I kind I kind of get another guy who's lower in the lineup being like, hey, I, there's just something where it goes in your head where it's just, you know what, I maybe I should do something here. But I, I do think that it's because the repping has been so inconsistent and there's so much stuff that gets let go that players feel no other need than to police themselves and to stand up for their teammates because they don't think the refs are going to do it. But but they're not, you're not standing, like you're not policing anything when you're fighting, like, in that instance there, what are you policing? Like, do you think Adam Lowry is going to stop hitting somebody because this guy dropped the gloves and then Adam Lowry drops him? Like, oh, no, yeah. what are you going to do, do? Get punched in the face by me again? This I, one, that second Lowry fight was definitely one of the weirdest. Because it didn't even look like he Smith really wanted to fight him either. He kind of just uh, like, yeah, he's, I mean, I, I get being a young kid there. And you're like, oh, I, I'll, I'll make a name for myself with my teammates and stuff like that. I, I, I just think as a whole... Anytime somebody takes a big-ish hit and you see these massive scrums and, and not brawls, but guys dropping the gloves and things like that, like, do we want hitting or not? I, I just don't understand that, right? Like, 
you know, the NFL, when somebody gets decked out with a huge hit, you don't see everybody losing their mind and throwing punches immediately, right? Like, it's just, that's part of the game. Being physical is part of the game. So let people be physical. So I, I think I think it hurts the Jets too because the Jets lost Lowry for 10 minutes in the first period, right? For, for no reason other than he's just going out there and playing his game. It's, it's so dumb to me. I mean, the only thing is that fighting is also a part of the game. Well, it's a penalty though. Yeah. So technically it's not part of the game. I mean, Smith, whatever. Smith we, we can get it. I don't want to get into that whole debate. So um, Smith did get an instigator on the play. Did he? Yes. Well, give him another one. I actually, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind a double minor for an instigator. Okay. I can get down with that. It's not, it's not so crazy that it's five, but you, it's, it's a punishment. Especially for that one. Like, there, there's some other ones where, like the Brady to Chuck one, when he fought Tuck earlier in the season, he got an instigator there. I don't really like that because it's a guy going at a guy who hit him kind of cheap, and be like, "Let's settle this, you and me, right now." Like I don't that that stuff I don't mind at all, but it's yeah the stuff where it's like it's a like Lowry's that's one of the craziest ones. Lowry barely hit him, and then yeah yeah no that, sudden, that yeah. That one was definitely weird, but I just, I think so often, yeah, and look, borderline stuff, I get, but you'll see somebody just get hit hard, like clean, but hit hard, and it's like, oh my gosh, we need a response, everyone has to fight them all at once. It's like, why? <laughs> just like, don't, don't get hit like that, and if you don't like it, then hit their guy super hard. Like, I, I, it's just, yeah. it's always, it's always <laughs> bugged me. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fighting guy, but... I, I understand responses in certain situations, but look, if I if, if you get hit hard out there, don't do that next time and then take out one of their guys. See, it seems to be pretty simple to me, but pretty badass that the, the old, Lowry the takes old, out two guys I in, in a period. Is, the only thing is, Ben, is that I, th- I think that if you played in the NHL and someone took a run at one of your teammates, you'd be one of the first guys in the pile. I I I'd kill him. Yeah. No, I'd rip him I'd rip him limb from limb immediately right after <laughs> right after it happened. Yeah. I didn't I didn't say I didn't say I wasn't a hypocrite. I'm just just like when I watch it, I don't like it. Um let's move on here. Uh we'll wrap this episode up pretty quickly. Uh it's midnight, so let's uh let's call it quits pretty uh pretty soon here. But a big one for the Jets, big one for Winnipeg as a whole on Saturday. But um First matchup against the Dallas Stars this season, Tice, at home, afternoon game. Nice little measuring stick against, depending on who you talk to, either the best or the second best team of the Central this year. What you looking forward to in that one? Well, after that, after the results from today, the Jets can be first place in the Central with a win over Dallas. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's enough reason as is. And I know that, they're the bombers are in the West final two. And that's a, it's a, it's a big game. Obviously it's a huge game for this city, but let's double dip. Let's get, let's get some, let's get like three or 4,000 double dippers. And let's see a couple people crash the Canada life center, make that building bumping and then go all the way down to IG field and get that place bumping and get two big wins for Winnipeg sports. That's what needs to happen. There's no X's and O's. This is what needs to be done. We go out there. 
and our Winnipeg teams show everyone what Winnipeg's really about, and they take take home two W's, and the Bombers are going to the Great Cup final, and the Jets are first in the Central Division, baby. That would be pretty wicked. I I I, I like that. I can get down with that. We don't need to break it down too much. Let's just make it happen. I feel better about the Bombers than I do the Jets, but that's okay. That's okay. Two dubs for the dub, and away we go. Let's cap it there, Tice. And we'll get back at it next week, hopefully breaking down what the first place Winnipeg Jets are up to and uh, previewing Bombers Argos Part 2 in the Great Cup. So let's get at it. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki with us once again. Like I said, we'll get back at it next week, Tuesday morning, breaking down the weekend for the Jets and getting ready for the week ahead until then though have a great weekend have a great saturday go blue stay safe and let's have fun everybody peace